Good morning everyone, it's Tom here and it's great to be bringing this morning's Lent devotion. In my quiet times in the last few weeks I've been in the book of Jeremiah and as I've been reading I've been struck again and again by the extreme horror of sin and how seriously God takes it and how holy and righteous he is and I've been struck by my need of continual repentance. In Jeremiah's day, the people were hard-hearted. They kept going after idols, and they would not come back to God, even as Jeremiah preached to them about the coming judgment of exile. Jeremiah himself had a repentant heart. He trusted the Lord. He put his faith in the Lord to preserve him. And so I've been struck again and again by my own sin and by my need to be constantly and daily repenting before the Lord. A psalm I often go to when I'm considering repentance is Psalm 32, a psalm written by David as he feels the weight of sin on his shoulders. I'd like for us to consider this psalm together for a few minutes. And then I'd like to bring us a prayer, not written by me, but written by an old saint who's gone before, helping us to come to the Lord with truly repentant hearts and cling on to him in faith because he is a merciful and gracious God. So first, let me read Psalm 32, verses 1 to 5. A Maskil of David. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. As David writes, he's just had the experience of sinning against the Lord and being silent, not bringing it straight to the Lord. He describes a visceral experience that the Lord's hand was heavy upon him, drying up his strength. He felt like his body was falling apart. For David, communion with God had become disrupted and broken. I don't know if you've ever had that experience during your Christian life, that things between you and God just seem really disrupted. You know that you've been in sin and that you're keeping silent and it just feels so oppressive. Maybe it's the guilt of what you've done or or a shame about it. For David, this was a painful experience. And yet then, in verse 5, we read that he comes to the Lord. He takes his sin to the Lord and he acknowledges it. He no longer covered it over, no longer hid it. He said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. He confessed what he'd done, and he confessed that it was a sin And by going to the Lord, he was confessing that it was a sin against the Lord. And the Lord forgave the iniquity of my sin, writes David. As he goes to the Lord in confession and in repentance, the Lord 
forgives him. The Lord acts graciously to him and he describes what that's like in verses 1 and 2. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit is no deceit. We are so often tempted to stay silent about our sin. Maybe we feel like we need to do a bit of penance. We have to feel guilty for a while before the Lord will hear our prayer. Friends, nothing can be further from the truth. The Lord delights to forgive those who come to him in faith and repentance. Yes, our hearts should break when we sin, but our faith and our love for God should take us running to him, like the prodigal son running back to his father. And we know the kind of welcome that our Lord gives because of the wonderful work of Jesus on our behalf. And so right at the centre of Christianity, right at the centre of our Christian life, should be these two amazing truths. Faith, faith that the Lord will forgive us, that he will receive us, and repentance. A heartfelt mourning over our sin, a hatred of our sin, and a turning to God turning back to his ways and a turning to him to be met by his grace. This is the undergirding, the underpinning of daily life as a Christian. For as long as we still have the sinful nature, for as long as we inhabit this earth as it currently is, this is our daily story. Faith and repentance. Repentance and faith. I find this prayer that I'm about to share with you so helpful as I consider my own sin and also the graciousness with which God meets us and the garment of righteousness he clothes us with in Christ's name when we come in faith and repentance. Let's pray together this morning. O God of grace, thou hast imputed my sin to my substitute and has imputed his righteousness to my soul, clothing me with a bridegroom's robe, decking me with jewels of holiness. But in my Christian walk, I am still in rags. My best prayers are stained with sin. My penitential tears are so much impurity. My confessions of wrong are so many aggravations of sin. My receiving the Spirit is tinctured with selfishness. I need to repent of my repentance. I need my tears to be washed. I have no robe to bring to cover my sins, no loom to weave my own righteousness. I am always standing clothed in filthy garments, and by grace I'm always receiving change of raiment for thou dost always justify the ungodly. I am always going into the far country, and always returning home as a prodigal, always saying, Father, forgive me, and thou art always bringing forth the best robe. Every morning let me wear it, every evening return in it, go out to the day's work in it, be married in it, Be wounded in death in it. Stand before the great white throne in it. Enter heaven in it. 
shining as the sun. Lord, grant me never to lose sight of the exceeding sinfulness of sin and the exceeding righteousness of salvation and the exceeding glory of Christ and the exceeding beauty of holiness and the exceeding wonder of grace. Amen. Amen.